and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening, David. Yeah. How you doing? Well, I'm nervous. Why is that? Because we're on the precipice of me taking over the show. I know. For three weeks. I'm also because nervous. You, well, yeah, you have more reason to be nervous. You're traveling the world. Indeed. Uh, specifically uh, the Asian part of it. Uh, yes. Where yes. are you going? Exactly. I'm going What's your exact itinerary? Japan, South Korea, China, Hong Kong. Wow. Are you going to be in South Korea at the same time as the president? I hope so. <laughs> um, it's this big uh, scheme I've got going here um, where I'm going to uh, trick him out of some money. Um, no, it's... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see politically how... I don't think we're going to be talking to a bunch of locals and having in-depth conversations, but I'm always fascinated to know like how uh, how America is seen by other countries, but at this point... I think we have a pretty good <laughs> uh, handle on yeah, it right now. Especially now. But at the same time, you never know. Like When I talk to our listener in... Uh, we have more listeners than just one in Switzerland, but the one that I had dinner with, uh, yeah, he surprised me with some of the, some of the stuff that, that he said about like how America is viewed though. At, at the time, uh, it was 2013. It was a very different uh, climate politically, but, um, uh, but I'm excited. I'm also, I'm also a bit, a bit nervous cause it's a long time to be away. It's, it's the longest I've ever been away from home. Yeah. And I know three it sounds weeks. Three, three weeks. Yeah. The longest I've ever been is two. And that extra week, and by the way, like on day 11, we were ready to be home. And I know it sounds super cheesy, but I really like my cats and I'm going to miss them. See, I just think about all the like emails and magazines that are piling up. <laughs> well, we do have somebody taking care of, of like our mail and all right, that. But they can't read magazines for you. You understand? Is what I'm saying? Well, they can. And then just, you know, my friend Ben is just kind of, you know, Ben's notes is what he, he is what he gives me. But, um, what was the inside look in entertainment this <laughs> weekly this week, Ben? Um, uh, so yeah, mirror. it's, uh, okay. Now we've got, but speaking enough of that, of, speaking, speaking of travelers, yeah. speaking okay. of listeners and travelers, well, our friend Peter who rides around the country on a motorcycle and sends us postcards, yeah. uh, has sent us another widescreen a scope postcard this time from Grand Teton National okay. Park, uh, and on it he shared with us some of his favorite um, Megan Amram tweets. Uh, okay, <laughs> I don't know if you follow her on Twitter. She's a very uh, funny, yeah, uh, I, person. I, I, I know somebody writes, who uh, works with her. Oh yeah, you because you know her right on the Good Place. Yeah. And she writes on the Good Place. Um, so they are uh, these are credited to Megan Amram. Uh, Tootsie is my favorite sci-fi movie, which takes place in a bizarre Hollywood where white male actors have trouble getting jobs, <laughs> and one that I particularly very very much up my alley is uh there is literally nowhere no way to know how many chameleons are in your house at any given time (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty good i like Uh, that and then go international watch out julius from uh the netherlands sent us not only did he send us this note he also sent us a bunch of treats which turned out the timing was perfect julius those were a winner you have they were not only were they great um the timing was perfect because uh tyler and i as we've talked about oh once or twice on the show uh we and our friends including some friends of the show and uh my wife uh every year do a fantasy uh, movie awards season league mm-hmm. um and we had our draft this past week and i got from the p.o box i got these snacks like the day of the draft so yeah. it ended up being the snacks and dessert for every, everyone had a great time and uh also julius there's no way you could have known how much 
my wife Natalie and I already love Stroop waffles. Oh boy, they're so good. I don't know if you. Uh, I'm looking at the gas. You had a Stroop waffle. Uh, uh, I've seen them. I can't remember if I've had one. Or they are mm. so good. I feel like you'd remember if you'd had one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you for the Stroop waffles and others, so including some dark chocolate Tim Tams, Indeed. which is great. I, I hadn't had the dark chocolate before. Um, packed a punch. I like that dark chocolate. <laughs> Um, but he also shared some funny stories. Um, um, let's see. This one I think is, is very funny. Uh, okay. So this is about how the fact that, okay, he says we never dubbed movies over here, but it used to be pretty common for American films to be released with Dutch titles. My mother once told me about a Frankenstein parody starring Gene Wilder. She saw back in the seventies. I said, that's young Frankenstein. She said, no, it was called something else. It was in black and white. I said, yes, the black and white Frankenstein parody with Gene Wilder is called young, young Frankenstein. It was probably released with the Dutch title back then. Uh, she said, no, I think we're talking about different movies <laughs> to this day. She insists there's another black and white Frankenstein parody with Gene Wilder. <laughs> Um, um, and then uh, this is just about how he had a uh, kid because of the language uh, lost in translation here he had a a friend as a kid who thought that Kevin McAllister the character in Home Alone was named Home Alone (laughs) (laughs) well Uh, this is where Home Alone uh, sets up those paint cans yeah (laughs) so yeah we love hearing from listeners especially international ones who send us treats I've developed quite a taste for international candies doing this podcast uh, because we've gotten stuff from obviously uh, Australia, New Zealand, and now uh, the Netherlands, and probably some other. I think another one's is the winner. Uh, yeah, you like those Stroopwafels? I really did. Oh, I, I love Stroopwafels. My favorite, and I know you're not a fan yeah. from Australia, will always be the Cherry Ripes. Yeah. Uh, which again, I've been looking at. I guess you had Cherry Ripes. I've not. It's a dark chocolate bar with a uh, cherry coconut filling. Oh, I'm on board. It's so good, and they're they're from Cadbury, Australia. If any of the, I'm, I'm not currently in possession of any cherry ripes. If there are any Australian listeners listening who want to send them to the PO box, which you can find on the website. But uh, thank you to our, our listeners. And now let's pay some bills. Now we ha- just oh. actually we have gotten Canadian candy as well. Yeah, see, right? and, and and a bunch of stuff from the UK okay. as well. Candy and other snacks. You okay. know those weird savory like shrimp chips and stuff like that <laughs> which i'm not actually a big fan of shrimp and chips but uh how could you be i like i like a lot of their their chips um speaking of the fantasy awards draft if you want to start your own league all the materials uh, are available for you to start your own diy league uh on the website just click on the thing that says fantasy awards league and feel free to leave a donation tyler and scott put a lot of work into, into right. that <laughs> um and uh also because we've said in a couple weeks our commentaries are still available the eight and alive commentary was a lot of fun mm-hmm. that's the most recent uh uh, uh, commentary marathon. We did. Uh, to our to our to our guest, uh, uh, we sometimes every a couple times a year we have a bunch of friends over. We watch four or five movies in a row and record a running commentary on them, yeah. and we sell them as premium content to yeah. uh, do stuff like keep the website yeah. running and send us to Sundance and Comic Con yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah, the Eden Alive commentaries include Jaws, Tremors, Jurassic Park, and Anaconda, and you you have the option of buying all four for ten dollars. Uh, <laughs> Recently, I noticed that, like, and it's also not uncommon for somebody who has not purchased any commentaries, like, buy, like, four of them in a row. It's like, hey, right. neat, 40 bucks. Yeah. Uh, and so, in my email, I saw that there was, like, one person that, like, ordered a bu- ordered three, and I was like, oh, this is great. And they had ordered Jaws, <laughs> Tremors, and Jurassic Park. No interest in Didn't Anaconda. Care about Anaconda. <laughs> I can't say as funny. I blame them, although that was a pretty fun one, too. It was a fun one to do. So, uh, let's pay some bills. All right. David and guest, this episode is brought to you 
by Mubi, but you know that. You mentioned it uh, off mic, which I, I appreciate you doing the research. Uh, <laughs> Mubi, for those that don't know, is a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, Mubi's curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only $5.99 a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. All right, here we go. Currently available on Mubi is Lindsay Anderson's 1982 film Britannia Hospital, starring Malcolm McDowell. In this pitch-black comedy, McDowell plays a reporter making a documentary about... A hospital whose foibles mirror those of British society. Also starring Mark Hamill, Alan Bates, Richard Griffiths, and Joan Plowright, Britannia wow. Hospital is a delightful horror satire that takes aim at Margaret Thatcher and uh, the British bourgeoisie. So, and uh, also, as I, I can't say everything that happens in the story, but apparently. Uh, someone dies and then is reanimated in a Frankenstein type way. Okay. So there's some weird stuff going on uh, in this film. Uh, and so if that interests you, then uh, then check out Mubi. There is a special offer for listeners of Battleship Pretension. You can try Mubi free for one month. Just go to Mubi.com. That's M-U-B, sorry, M-U-B-I dot com slash Battleship to redeem now. Uh, and also you can just go to BattleshipPretension.com and click on the Mubi ad and you can get to it that way as well. Sure. Um, I once saw Malcolm, Malcolm McDowell walking around the Century City Mall. How's he doing? Just, <laughs> this was years, 10 years ago or so, but just by himself, shopping, wearing, like, looking as splendid as you like, wearing like full like linen pants and a linen shirt, just like, he looks so cool. <laughs> I was like, that's, I want to be Malcolm McDowell when I grow up. Uh, you but, have to do some rough things to arrive where he <laughs> arrived. Uh, but I want to tell you about tweakedaudio.com, which is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. I'm trying to think what I listened to uh, today. Well, I've been listening to a lot of Sad Note, listened to a lot of Tragically Hip and a lot of Gord Downey stuff because mm-hmm. uh, Gord Downey passed away th- this week. Um, but that's what I was listening to, uh, hearing it all the sweeter through my tweakedaudio.com uh, uh, earbuds. They're available at a low, low price over there, but uh, if you put in some extra effort and use the offer code pretension at checkout, you'll get one-third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So uh, go to tweakedaudio.com or click on the, the ad uh, on the left side of the website and use the offer code pretension. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Okay. All right. That was a lot of stuff we had to get out of the way. Yeah. It was, it was fun, but I always feel a little awkward making people not talk for 10 minutes. I kind of enjoy it. It's, it's, uh, I don't have much power in this life, and that's, that's really all I have. It was a good way to ease into it. My favorite part is that you had to mention that the Malcolm McDowell movie was dark. Which <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it, yeah, it did occur to me. It's like... Like, as I was going over in my mind, because I was going to make that joke about, like, having to arrive at a place, and it's like, damn, this guy, I kind of really admire him for taking as many risks as he has. I feel like... I guess he was in one. He was in a Star Trek movie. That was probably the but safest he was thing. Still he's, the bad guy. But he was still the bad he, guy. Of course, he killed yeah. Kirk, right? Sort of. 
<laughs> sort of. Okay. Kirk, I haven't actually seen it. That's my Kirk goes out kind of like a chump. It's uh, <laughs> like it's, Boba Fett. You know what? Not far off now that I think about it. I have a friend who was really into, didn't he do like a reboot of Fantasy Island? Oh. Am I confused with like... I think you're right, yes. I have a friend who really liked it, although I can't, I've never, I've never found an episode of it, so I didn't, mm-hmm. but that's, that was like when I was a kid, I'm a little older than you guys, okay. uh, like Fantasy Island was the thing that you got away with watching, because oh. it, it was like, it was like Dark Love Boat, it was... Hmm. Okay. It, and so, like, I'm a little bit fascinated with this Malcolm McDowell version because it would be like two, like one, like Three's Company total Aaron Spelling '70s. Let's get ladies in bikinis as much as possible. Right. In fact, there was a lot. Of, I don't know why I'm going on this tangent. Like, as an adult, you're like, <laughs> Mr. Work seemed to hire a lot of sex workers. <laughs> <laughs> and then there would be like one weird one, and then one scary one. And you know, I would always get in trouble because I would watch Fantasy Island on the sly and then be unable to sleep because it was, you know, like something that looks like the Bigfoot was scary. No. <laughs> so it's weird. Yeah. It's like a love boat meet. It sounds like it's a love boat meets like Twilight Zone. It's exactly like it was okay. totally the love boat formula of three stories and a crew that's always there. Yeah. And then, uh, but, but like the, the sexy love boat or the dark love boat hmm. is a super weird show. Well, let's find out who this is filling us in on the on, on Fantasy Island. Um, now that you know that about me. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's our intro to you. Thank you. Um, I've, I forgot to ask you beforehand how you'd like to be introduced, which is something I usually uh, do. <laughs> but um, uh, I know that, uh, A, that I used to work with you at a video store. <laughs> um, you have uh, been on This American Life. Just once, yeah. Just once, uh, and you do improv. Last I, I do. Last yes. I, last I checked, I'd say that's uh, an order of importance. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, uh, it's Allie Davis. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm very good. I'm very good. Um, now, have you guys seen each other? Well, since? I, was, I, was, I was at the ArcLight. At the ArcLight, we okay. ran into each other at the ArcLight about ten years ago, which is probably when we were first starting this podcast. Mm-hmm. I worked at the ArcLight for three months, mm-hmm. uh, and I think I was working. I was. I remember actually, I was working at the gift shop. It was my. I loved working at the gift shop at the ArcLight, and no one else liked it, so I ended up working at the gift shop all the time because. I didn't have to talk to anyone. Yeah. Like, like every once in a while, job. like yeah. customers come through, but I didn't have to talk to any other employees at all. <laughs> and I would just like stand behind the counter and like, I wasn't supposed to read the books, but I would just sort of like surreptitiously have a book on the counter mm-hmm. and I would just like kill four hours uh, or, or whatever at a time. Uh, a perfect job. I really enjoyed yeah. it. And I got to talk to, uh, not 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 just wonderful uh, old friends like Allie, but uh, I got to meet celebrities uh, when they would come in. Gina Davis, sweet as can be. Mm. Uh, Sarah Chalk was nice. I'm trying to think. Uh, w, here's here's the thing. W. Earl Brown, oh, yeah. Dan Doherty on uh, Deadwood. He and his wife or, or, or lady friend or whatever were in line to buy stuff at the gift shop. I think he recognized that I recognized him. He handed all the shit to his wife and was like, I got to go to the bathroom. I think he didn't want to talk to someone who recognized him at that moment. I saw him at, uh, at Coral Cafe in Burbank once. Haunted. And what was it? That place is haunted. Really? Yeah, Google it. There, you can look at like uh, YouTube videos of you know apparitions apparently caught on the security camera or oh, whatever. Perhaps. Yet another place where I've failed to see ghosts. In my- <laughs> <laughs> the I didn't see any ghosts at Coral, but there was that one time that I, my friend and I, were just having dinner there, and then somebody came stumbling in because he had burst through the uh, wall, the patio wall in his car. In his car, oh, not like Kool Aid. No, he might. He may have. 
said, oh, yeah. I'm not sure, though. But he came in drunk. His car essentially parked in the patio, and he said, I'll pay for the damages. He then sat down and ordered dinner. (laughs) (laughs) It's very strange. So, uh, well, well, I'm sure we'll get back to... um uh, nationwide video, which Glory I can't say the name of it because I don't think it exists anymore at all. No, um, it's like a hot topic or a Forever Twenty One or something. Oh, it's, oh boy, know, terrible. Um, and we'll talk about this American Life, I'm sure. But what have you what have you been doing in that ten years since I last saw you? <laughs> uh, a lot of improv, uh, a lot of writing for websites, um, and I wrote uh, a play last year that I'll go oh. ahead and plug that uh, that was really fun. That uh, called Speak Now that uh, I got up for one weekend and then now I'm like okay how do I do that again how do I do that for six weeks so where did did it go up Uh, at the lounge theaters on Santa Monica right near Vine just a great space and a great staff and they were wonderful to us even though we were occasionally like (laughs) 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 we suddenly put a lot of things in your storage room (laughs) (laughs) well that's fantastic Um, at what point did you move to Los Angeles? Before I did, I think. Yes, I moved in uh, the te- the very end of 2003. Okay. Um, because uh, I loved Chicago. I felt like I had gone as far as I could in comedy there. Um, and my... I was still hesitating, and then my lease on my apartment and my job were scheduled to end on the same month. And it was like, got it! Okay. <laughs> I'm taking your hint, Chicago. Right. Yes. Time to go. Can I tell? Oh, this is a horrible story. Oh, great. Oh, okay. That, okay. <laughs> Obviously, you're okay. going to tell it. So there's a there's a night I was leaving. I performed at uh, IO in Chicago a lot, mm-hmm. Improv Olympic, and I did stupid things all the time, like walk home at three in the morning Ugh. after a Cubs game. Um, oh boy! And I lived right near Wrigley Field, so neighborhoods just full of people peeing and throwing up and whatever. And I had had this great night at I.O., and it's like 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm leaving, and I'm like, is this really what I want to do? Do I really want to move? And I think I'd already, like, found an apartment, so it was time. But I'm having that, like, moment of deep regret. Maybe this is a mistake. And I'm walking down Sheffield Avenue where, like, six streetlights are out, so it's super dark. Uh And out of the darkness, I see a guy coming towards me down Sheffield Avenue. So you already have that, okay, and then... I realized that he is, as he is walking towards me, unbuckling his belt. Oh, oh, and I'm like, okay, this is it. This is where I found it. If I can fight, and I don't think I can, and I did this the thing where you put your keys in your knuckles, sure. and I'm like, this is it. This is where I find out. And what he does, instead of attack me, um, thank goodness, was he whipped out his penis and peed. He was so drunk, he didn't even know he was there. He peed a perfect sine wave <laughs> on the sidewalk. <laughs> And walked past me, and it was like, "Got it! Right. Time to leave." I understand now. It's it was there. We uh, lived on Cornelia our first year, so we were Cornelia right and there. Sheffield. And Sheffield, we I were lived right on there. Cornelia and Fremont. Oh, it was of right there. Yeah. Uh, and I remember, it, and I don't, I don't care about baseball, uh, <laughs> and so I didn't really. I don't think I could have even told you when baseball season was. But there was a night when I thought, like, you know what, I'm going to take a walk. I'm feeling kind of a little rambunctious. I feel a little cooped up. It was like 7.30. And so I was like, okay, here we go. So I'm walking along. It's like, this is really nice. And then I start to notice like a bunch of people just flooding out of Wrigley Field. I was like, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. And just drunks, like angry. I think I saw a fight break out. And it's like, wow, that happened really fast. And I just, and I didn't run back to the apartment 
But I didn't walk slowly either. <laughs> like I, I hightailed it back and I was like, okay, my walk is over. As, as a St. Louisan who was raised to hate the Cubs, <laughs> living in Wrigleyville reinforced everything that my dad told me about the Cubs yeah. <laughs> growing up. And like, yeah, there are those fans. It was just like living on like, like fraternity row. Uh, would, yeah. You just come in, they would just come in from the city to become animals. Mm-hmm. It must be, it yes. makes me think like, Oh, this is what living in Las Vegas must be like. If people come. <laughs> Although there's every now and then, I think it happened twice while I lived there where a Cubs game, and the International Mr. Leather Contest were on the same day. <laughs> and I remember one day I stood, I think, for like 10 minutes and just watched people come off the escalator from the L because uh-huh. it was magical. Yeah. Like it was, and watching the Cubs fans in full Cub Revelia try to make sure you knew they weren't going to Mr. Leather. With, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with the guy wearing just a black leather jock strap. With the yeah, it is but funny. it did like, have the Cubs logo on it, so <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. yeah, Wrigleyville and Boys Town are essentially next to each other because we yes. walked our our uh, jewel where we did our grocery shopping. We yeah. had to walk uh, across Halstead. We walked right past the manhole. The manhole. Manhole. And, we got uh, catcalled once. Nice. I don't know if I was there. Oh. All I remember is that, like, no matter, like, 2 p.m., you walk past the manhole. Start down the block and just start ourselves going, oomsh, 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 <laughs> to see if we can sync up when we get there. <laughs> Were you guys ever approached by the foot fetish guy? No. No. It doesn't sound. There what? Was, maybe that was a little before your time. There was a guy who worked the neighborhood. It worked. Um, and a lot of, a lot of my nerdy improv dude buddies got approached by him. We're like, Oh, I just had a thing. But he would, he would work Halstead street and then he would run up and ask for directions of a guy like very, never like weird or threatening, weird, never threatening. Yeah. And then he would ask about directions to crowbar, which was in a very different part of town. And then he's like, once you got in the conversation, he would be like, cause I heard they had a fetish night. Are you into fetishes? And then it would lead up to like, how about I give you 20 bucks and you let me, I don't know if it was touch your feet or smell them or something like, we'll just go over here. And (laughs) it was like nothing ever. Like he wasn't aggressive about it. It was just this leading into no. And how he approached my friend, Tim twice, who was like, he had this, like we did this. (laughs) You know, it's not my place to judge other people's fetishes because, and I would love to read a book about where they all start because it's, it's fascinating fascinating to me. Um, like I've like, I, uh, I know somebody whose ex boyfriend many years ago was like, had like a diaper fetish. And he was very upfront, like when they started doing, he's like, just a heads up, <laughs> I have this. And she's Which like, I guess is the way to do it. Right. I get that is a, the way to do it. And uh, they did not date much longer after that because she was not uh, interested. Um, but it's one of those things that, like, I'm, I, I, I try to keep myself from judging simply, it's like, if I'm just curious, not to engage in it, but where it comes from, because I find feet of all kinds horrible <laughs> just <laughs> the worst and i can't imagine somebody like looking at just a fo- just a foot I, th- I feel very foot neutral like i don't okay, find them because yeah. i know i i actually like those vibram shoes that are with the toes oh sure oh, sure the, okay. oh my gosh i bet fet- uh, foot fetishes love those I, oh, things oh god i didn't think about that but yeah <laughs> right that it's it like a skin tight cat <laughs> suit <Yeah>. for a <laughs> foot fetish <laughs> Like as a foot fetish, just in winter, how do you know? Oh boy! If you're if you're attracted, how do you? <laughs> yeah, is, that's the that's my question. I do apologize, listeners, I, if if I'm seeming uh, closed minded here. I'm not trying to, but I am curious. Like, if you're a foot fetishist, are you discriminating? Like, are there some who's like, mm, 
not my style. Like, do you it's prefer like, yeah. I, you know, sure. I mean, that's gotta be like, say like people assume I, uh, sometimes date women and mm. people will introduce me to any other woman they know who dates. Because, <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, yeah. So I, would, I guess you can, I'm assuming you can't assume the same thing about a foot fetish. Sure. I'm assuming you have your, your lane or whatever. I do feel like maybe the more specific the fetish, probably the more accepting you got to be of whatever comes your way. Sure, yeah. Yeah, that's true. There's got to be a point like, where, like, you found that other person. Like, was- I'm really into diapers. All right. <laughs> I know one other person into diapers, but, you know, oddly enough, they're not my type. I feel like I'd be, I don't know, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know. Um, well, speaking of, uh, sorry, guess, that, that went an odd way. Down. Speaking of weird sex stuff, I guess, we worked <laughs> at a video store that was mostly... Uh, upstairs, it was kind of a hipster, I think, video store. Very indie movie hipster. Yes. Yeah. And downstairs, it was a mo- it was a very strongly a porn store, mostly yeah. gay porn because we were yeah. so close to Halstead. Yeah, I think one of the managers broke it, or one of the owners broke it down to me that like. Um, Two thirds of the income was porn, and two thirds of that was gay porn, which means almost half of the income in that store oh, because yeah. we were like three blocks from, from yeah. Halstead. But it was such um, a, in a way, like, and I know I was totally rationalizing it after a while, but it was like, finally, commerce supports art. Like, we did have these <laughs> weird indie movies on the top floor that the only way you can carry that is if you, yeah, if yeah. you're moving, um, you know. <laughs> Yeah, L.A. sex party four times a week. Yeah. <laughs> sure, I was very uh, naive when I went to visit David at the video store because, like, every any t- the first time I went, but like every time I would go because I, w- I didn't go downstairs, so I'd be upstairs. I'm like, man, it's really empty up here. Like, how does this place stay? In- <laughs> oh, oh yes, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. There, uh, not only was the downstairs always packed. I remember every year the first really hot day of the year when everyone turns on their air conditioners, we would always have a brownout. Or, or or just lose power. It happened. I worked there for hmm. three and a half years, and it happened every year. Like sometime in like late May, it's like, and hmm. like you would have to go downstairs and tell people <laughs> you have to leave the porn site. You can't stay down here with the lights off. Like I hated going down there when the lights were off. Yeah, that yeah. was the worst part of the. <clears throat> I was listening to one of your episodes. I too made the famous sports videos mistake. Uh-huh. <laughs> I used to work for uh, a CD-ROM game back, back when they had CD-ROM games called "You Don't Know Jack." Oh yeah, we were I was doing a, big a sports fan. edition, and I like a schmuck. I'm like, oh, there's a video store in my neighborhood that has nothing but amazing sports videos. This is where, <laughs> this is where I'll learn everything. And they were so mad at me that I was trying to rent the sports videos, and they all cost like eight hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, because it was a front. Because it was a total front. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it had a, uh, we talked about it on the podcast already, it had a very uh, sun, sun-baked sun uh, Michael Jordan standee <laughs> yes. in the window. Yeah. Um, but that was, so uh, working the video store is where you started writing uh, a blog, and then that is what, that's, that's what led to you doing This American Life? Is that? It is, is that, yeah. Okay. I started writing a blog that I titled very badly, um, that I only expected like six other improvisers who knew me to read. And then there's a point where I had a lot. Um, I wish I'd started it sooner because there was a point where I just told crazy stories about the store. And then I finally, uh, Susan Messing, uh-huh. who was uh, a great improviser and a great teacher, was like, stop <laughs> going going out for drinks on these stories and start writing them down. Uh, and then I just had a bunch and I sent it to a friend. I was like, what do I do with this? Do I make a magazine article? And she's like, I don't know, but I know someone who works at Miss, This American Life. Do you mind if I send it there? And I was like... no I don't mind if and they happen to be doing an episode where 
it was called Give the People What They Want or something uh-huh. like that, where it just happened to slide hmm. right into a slot there. Yeah, it was all about working at a porn store. So yes. What was the name of the blog? You, uh, uh, it was called True Porn Clerk Stories, uh, <laughs> which is no one can remember and is terrible and has cost me at least a couple of real-life jobs where because hmm. they think, like, she has this erotica book online, which is the least erotic thing <laughs> yeah. you've ever read in your life. <laughs> Someone's probably into it, I'm sure. I'm sure. I used to have, when that hit, like when This American Life hit and it suddenly went like to, you know, getting emails from Sweden yeah. all of a sudden. Um, Did they send you any treats? No one sent me treats. <laughs> uh. me. But that's the other thing. People do think it's hilarious. That's died down, but for a long time, people thought it was hilarious to send me really gnarly porn. Oh and boy! Just like, Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it—I I don't remember where that thought was going. It—it it suddenly got huge, and it was weird, and and people I didn't know were right were reading it. Um, it was just before publishers thought it was a good thing to publish something that had been a hit online before. Because I went to publishers, and they all went. People have read that on the internet. Why would we do that? And now oh, yeah. every Tumblr has a book. Yeah. So if you see the dents in my apartment wall, it's me like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sounds like Battleship Retention Press is going to have to get behind <laughs> right. you. Don't you worry. <laughs> there we go. Be good. Um, well, uh, I don't want to just talk about... I don't, don't want to just reminisce. Oh, I, I do want to, but the listeners don't but want us no, to just... Uh, listeners just like that kind of thing. It's yeah. fine. They like to know more about us. I was going to tell the story about the... Uh, this wasn't the foot fetish guy, but there was a guy who would walk up and down Belmont, um, and he would just be going... Uh, to anyone who looked like they might be interested, he would go, hey, I got weed and shrooms. I go, And they always said it the same way. I got weed and shrooms. Um... And so I would see him every day, and every day I would go out and like get lunch or whatever. And like he passed me one time, and he was like, "Hey, how come you don't ever be at work? Like you're always out here." And I was like, "Ha ha ha!" And he was like, "No, but I got weed insurance." <laughs> I'm a little offended that I never got approached. <laughs> uh, I guess yeah, I guess you don't look like a weed and weed and shrooms. I don't uh, type of person. Um, but let's uh, let's talk about movies. I'm assuming you worked at a video store because you like movies. I did. Yeah, it was great. I was um, sexually harassed out of a temp job, and. I remember walking up and it was one of those like, this could be a life moment. And I, I had always had kind of like video clerk envy of like, cause uh-huh. yeah, I'm a movie dork and I loved him. And the idea of like, I could watch movies all the time. Yeah. Um, and then I was led downstairs <laughs> <laughs> to show me what the job would really entail. But yeah, yeah. it was, I, I really like, I, I totally rented, I think movies every day I worked yeah. there just cause you could, and they had great weird movies. Yeah. Yeah, and I watched a lot of those, and I also watched this Tyler Kinnett test because we lived together at the time. I watched every like new release, like if it came out, I was just like, yeah, I'll watch, I'll watch uh, Sorority Boys. I'll, I'll watch. Uh, Our go-to is Torque. That's it's the torque. one that you bring up all. That, no, I bring it up all the time because I remember. <laughs> I would sleep late. So uh-huh. it was like 1, 2 p.m. And I woke up to David, like I was hearing something in the living room. David was clearly watching something. And I heard like a crash and I heard Dave go, oh, awesome. <laughs> David said that out loud, loudly. And I came out, I was like, what are you watching? It's like, like, I'm watching Torque. Jimmy Presley, like fighting a person, like with a motorcycle as a weapon. Like, oh that's pretty cool. I, I didn't see the film. I'm sorry. Okay. I wish I had done more than a release stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, for every Torque, there's an osmosis jones and a harrison's flowers so oh um, my gosh 
how could you possibly remember those? I'm sure there are tons that I've forgotten. Sure. But sure. I remember Harrison's flowers. Cause I think I remember you specifically being like, why did why is this here? Like, why did you bring <laughs> home this? Well, I remember it didn't like, sound that terrible to me. And then I heard that it wasn't that good. And yeah. I thought like, why, why do you have this? No, but it's, it's like Andy McDowell and David yeah. Strathairn, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, but it's a boring, boring movie. Sure. Anyway. Um, so, uh, what, uh, well, what movies, uh, what are your favorite movies? Favorite Let's movies. say, um, the, the, it's so hard to like, I've been overthinking it. Uh, the, the, the one I use as a relationship test where okay. it's, if they don't find that movie funny, it's not going to work. And that is with 100% accuracy. Um, like I haven't, I haven't married anybody, but in terms of like a long-term relationship, right. Uh, the Peter Falk, Alan Arkin, the in-laws. Mm. Oh, I've never actually seen it. Nor have oh, I. It's, it's, oh, wow. It's um, like, I, I think I first saw it when I was like eight. There are parts of it that still make me laugh out loud. It's yeah. There's like, there's a, there's a kind of grinding lead up that you have to get through a long dinner party scene. And then it's just the funniest, hmm. silliest thing. My favorite car chase of all time. Uh, oh, some wow. of my favorite. Li- have you ever heard someone go serpentine? No. no, no. Well, anyway, please watch that movie. Okay, it's, it's on the list. Because so, <laughs> who is in the remake? I didn't see that either. But it's, it's like two people who you don't think of as funny. It's like Michael, Michael Douglas, Douglas, I think. And I then, don't remember who the other. And one I was is. like, oh, the comedy chops of Michael Douglas. <laughs> like, yeah, that's odd. I've and I, I, you know, and maybe I'm disparaging it. I've never saw the remake because I was like, yeah. you don't get to remake my favorite movie. <laughs> Now I'm trying to think if Michael Douglas has ever been funny in anything. Um, well, one Wonder Boys. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Romancing the Stone. Like it's a very specific type of funny. Like, very, yes. I think it's safe to say he's funny in stuff that is not like an over. I don't think he could ever be silly. Right. Wonder Boys is a comedy. Mm-hmm. Like no question about it. But there's also some melancholy yeah. to it. And it is not silly. There's a lot of stuff that I laugh at in falling down that I don't know if I'm supposed to or not. Oh. But that, um, yeah. The, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but when then, he's when he's yelling at the old guy who has a heart attack on the golf course, yeah, it uh, gets me every time. That, that's my that's my in laws. It's Michael Douglas <laughs> and it, with a crew cut screaming at a dying old man. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right up my alley. I remember, yeah, the first time you watched Falling Down with Natalie and she was just busting a gun. You're like, <laughs> right, will you marry me? What if that was my relationship <laughs> test movie? If that's anyone's relationship <laughs> test movie, uh, yeah. Do you have road. relationship test movies? I I really don't. Uh, my wife and I. <laughs> so, the very first conversation we had was an argument, which I feel like is probably notable uh, about remember the Titans. Um, I, I didn't I didn't care for it, and she <laughs> liked it a, a fair amount. But um, and uh, I remember when we started dating, like we had one date, and then and it was right before the summer. And so we were separated. I was in Missouri. She was in Minnesota and I had a top hundred at the time and she's, and she worked at a blockbuster. So she said, Oh, I'll, you know, send me your top hundred. And I'll, it's a thing she liked to do is like essentially like just engage in everything that this other person is into just to see like how it works. Um, and, uh, at the time, my top hundred was really, really depressing. <laughs> so, like a, f- a few weeks in, she's like, "This is—I don't know if I can get through all this." And I said, "That's all right. I don't expect you to." Um, but yeah, I don't think I have. It's more like I don't require that you like the things that I like, but I also don't. I guess it has to do with attitude. Like, if somebody is dismissive 
of mm. something that I like. And he's like, nah, oh, right, that's yeah. not for me. I feel like that would be a, that would be a, a deal breaker. I've, I've, I've crossed someone off my list for doing that to Blade Runner. Yeah, sure. Oh. You have, that's, and that's one of my big ones is, um, I don't know if that's relevant right now or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still haven't seen the new one. Um, I really like it is. And I, I said, this is someone like I've seen, I don't know how many times I've seen Blade Runner, but like 30 wouldn't be out of the right. question. Like, I just love it. And I, my sister gave me a, a plastic voice comp briefcase with every cut in it. And hmm. um, I, I went and saw the final cut in Westwood and watched college students who had never seen it, see it for the first time. And I was like, Oh, I wish I were you like all that. And um, like the, they made it for, for that level of Blade Runner dork. Like there were yeah. music details and prop details and things yeah. like, we were like, Oh, it's great. Do you feel like people who discovered the final cut first, like, cheated a little bit like don't you feel like you should have to watch the bad voiceover and then the director's cut and then the final yeah. that's it yeah i have this perverse fondness for the voiceover because the first six times i watched it it was that or the first 12 times yeah do you prefer the do you prefer the final cut over the director's cut i think i like the director's cut more but maybe that's just because of what i was raised on i think i like the final cut more i i i i've had debates about people like when uh rector Hauer says i want more life Mm-hmm. And the word after that, they, I liked it when, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Yeah. Yes. yeah. I didn't, like, when you didn't know if he was saying father or fucker, mm-hmm. I loved it. And they made it really clear in one of the cuts. And I was like, well, I don't know if I care for that. I liked that ambiguity. Mm-hmm. But, uh, um, yeah. I thought it was fucker. Yeah. I yeah. liked fucker. And I think there's a cut where it's more clearly father. Yeah. Um, it's been so long. Cause I think I saw the theatrical cut once in my life. And then I quickly heard like, oh, did you watch the director's cut? Which I did. I was like, oh, I like this much better. Um, I think I had the same, maybe twice, but yeah. And on VHS as well. Yeah. Yeah. Only, only recently did I go back. I didn't watch the the theatrical cut, but I saw clips of it uh, with, in which people were talking about the voiceover and I had forgotten how awful that voiceover is not merely Harrison Ford's obviously disinterested but also just the way it is written like that scene with Roy Batty where he saves Deckard's life and he has a beautiful monologue Mm -hmm. it's it's just it's so impactful like that is the movie for me I mean that's it's it's so marvelous and then just here it's like I don't know why he saved my life maybe he just wanted it just like oh my gosh it's awful awful yeah, but I, I know some people actually like it because they I think they like the idea of the voiceover because that connects it more to the film noir thing, which I could get on board with if it were good at if all. If it were good. Yeah. I, yeah. And I, I can't separate it. Like I've seen it so many times that I like it in the same way that I uh, still like SpaghettiOs. Like <laughs> sure. It, yeah. <laughs> Because it it's, it hits this time in my life, not because I think they're good, but because like yes, that would be comforting when I'm sick or something like yeah. Um, to go back to your other question, I don't think I have a relationship test movie officially, but I have noted that I have on more than one occasion found myself saying to like a new girlfriend, "Have you ever seen the Mosquito Coast?" <laughs> For some reason, because I love the Mosquito Coast so much, mm. and I feel it's, it's it's less of a test and more of like I feel like I don't know people. My age have seen this movie. I want to show it to them. So in a way, I guess Peter Weir's The Mosquito Coast uh, is my relationship test movie. Uh, But it's a great movie. I will say, uh, now that I think about it, my my wife, then girlfriend, was not a fan of Jaws. 
And that, listeners know, that is a f- the film I've seen more than any other. Mm-hmm. I was and taking it back a little bit. It's <laughs> astonishing. Yeah. And, and that one, I was like, maybe we just shouldn't talk about this. <laughs> um, and then, oddly enough, when we when we are on our honeymoon. So like I still, I married her despite that we were on our honeymoon <laughs> and we were in, uh, uh, Oh shoot. Mantio, North Carolina. And the, the little seaside town that we were in, it's not exactly Amity, but it has that type of vibe. Yeah, yeah. And so Jen, so we, we were able to like watch, uh, movies at our, uh, uh, B And so I said like, would you like, to watch Jaws and she's like yeah I feel like I'm kind of in the mood for it we watched it and she loved it oh, and I was yeah. like alright what a load <laughs> off and since then we've seen it a couple times in theaters and she really enjoys it now, so oh, well here's a question then bullet dodged because um, <laughs> I, I have an answer ready like we're all movie people and mm-hmm. so sometimes we might not be in relationships with people who are as much movie people as we are <laughs> but what movies that you now like have you found through relationships with not movie people because mm. I can tell you, my wife has introduced me to two of her favorite movies one of which I did not like at all and that's True Beverly Hills that was one she grew up on <laughs> uh, and I, I think it's a really stupid movie uh, but then she also introduced me to another movie she grew up on uh, that is not a very well regarded movie I've learned uh, from Rotten Tomatoes and the like but it is the Lily Tomlin Bette Midler vehicle Big Business you ever seen it? Oh yeah they're twins right? like they they're, played they're all twins yeah well, okay, so it's like two sets of twins, mm-hmm. and then one is like a rich family from the, you know, one's a poor like farmer family, and then like one gets switched mm. with each, so they're like mismatched, and then like the farmer girls grow up and like they're invited to the city and they meet their actual sisters. Yeah. Um, and Fred Ward is in it, and Edward Herman, I think, is in it. Uh, Let me try to guess which of those is the city guy <laughs> and which is the country guy. I think I might be able to piece it together. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a delightful movie, and it's uh, I'm a huge uh, Lily Tomlin fan in everything, and she's yeah. great in, in big business. So, I, yeah, uh, you know, my, my wife has always had good taste in movies, but is not, like, a movie diehard like we tend to be. Uh, but that, uh, and I do maybe am a little bit guilty of like if it, we're going to watch a movie and she suggests like so, something that I like hadn't been interested in. I'm maybe overly skeptical sometimes, or maybe I was early in our relationship. Uh, but I've found, and you know, True Beverly Hills obviously didn't uh, do her any favors, but uh, yeah, big business. I love it. I bought the Blu-ray. I think, wow, you bought the Blu-ray. It was on sale. Oh, okay. It was like Fair under enough. $10, but still I bought still, her a Blu-ray. I do think that uh, for, for me, I think it was movies that I had seen before, but it had been a long time and I didn't take them that seriously. But then, you know, you get older and you're actually more open to things that, you know, when you're younger and you're trying to be hip, you're like, I would never watch that, you know, uh-huh. or th- that movie's stupid. Um, so like I had seen Ferris Bueller already and then in, but Jen loves it. So I watched it again with her. I was like, Oh, I actually do appreciate this. I'm a big fan of uh, Jeffrey Jones in that. I think he's marvelous. Uh, but then uh, Home for the Holidays is a movie you and I, I both love. I love that. I've always been, I didn't have to come around on that one. I've always loved that movie. I, I liked it when I first saw it, but then like Jen watches it every Thanksgiving. And after watching it a few, uh, like a couple of times, like not only is this pretty good, this is great. I love this movie. Have you seen Home, Home for the Holidays? I haven't. The one I, Jordy oh, Foster I'm worried about it because uh, one Christmas, my cousin brought his boyfriend home for the first time, and 
to prep him, he made him watch Home for the Holidays. And so it's I really that works. See it and but I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna spot which one I am, and it's not gonna be it's not gonna be okay. So I. Uh, uh, the, here's what's great about it, though, what, is that everybody. I'm pretty sure everybody will be able to relate to Holly Hunter's character. Everybody mm-hmm. is like she is everybody is the main character and their family is, is crazy. Even if objectively you're like, well, I probably I'm probably closer to this character, but in the moment when you go back home for the holidays, you're the lead and everyone else is crazy. <laughs> and I think that's yeah. that's where the film is like, is is beautiful. Okay. I, I will put that if you'll put in laws on your list, I will put sure. okay. holidays on. Absolutely. Mine. We'll put it on the I list. think we all win here. Yeah. Yes. That's good. Um do you have anything like that? Anything you've discovered through I've been a thinking relationship? And thinking. Like I'm trying to um because I, uh, I, I either usually date fellow dorks or <laughs> right. it felt like, I, oh God, I dated a, uh, this is one of our big fights. I dated a woman from Uzbekistan for a while hmm. and um, she had not only grown up there, which was, it's still kind of, not kind of, they boil people. It's a totalitarian country. And on top of that, she had become an evangelical Christian. So it was like this which is not an okay thing to be there. So it was like sure. this hidden thing. And then she turned out gay. Uh, so, it's a lot of layers and, to this. Yeah, wow, yeah. An onion <laughs> of things. And so there was one, uh, the first and only Christmas we spent together. Uh, there, there were a lot of red flags. I showed her, uh, we were going to show each other our favorite movies. And so we watched Blade Runner as a family, as we often do. Sure. And uh, she... Like, it was so unlike anything she had grown up with that there's a point where she just went and hid in the bathroom and cried. <laughs> and so we're all like, we're, wow. let's stop the movie. Let's. Yeah. And she was like, why would you make me watch a horror movie? And what was the thing? Wow. And then um, through realizing that we should probably break up and other Christmas things happening, we never watched her movie, which I think she's probably still mad about it. But um, <laughs> it was this, every time she'd describe it, she'd be like, well... It's a man who's thinking about having an affair and he's having an, and it was like the, every stereotype you think of as like a boring Russian movie was, <laughs> and, and she'd describe it and she'd be like, and it's a comedy. And we don't go, what's that turkey doing? <laughs> I feel a little guilty because I should have dove into that. Um, Do you remember the name of it? I couldn't, I could tell you what the box looks like. Uh, That's the other thing. It was like the Russian version of Woody Allen, who of course is having six different affairs with beautiful women. Nobody happy. Nobody happy. (laughs) (laughs) It's a comedy. (laughs) Uh, But I definitely, I have two half sisters. One is 16 years younger than me and one is 20 years younger than me. Oh, wow. And definitely watching movies with them. Like the movies that came out, like when I was a teenager, I was like, I'm too cool to watch that. And then you watch with them. You're like, that's actually pretty good. That's I, uh, I'm trying to work out because my, my nephew just turned 16. And so, uh, now don't get me wrong. When he came to visit my wife and I, when he was like 13, we still, I, I called my brother and said like, Hey, we want to watch speed with Aiden. Is that okay? <laughs> oh, yeah. And he goes, absolutely. Yeah. And so, uh, but I'm excited that like he's at an age, not merely where, Oh, we can, you know, it'll be very potentially scandalous to watch like a rated R movie with his aunt and uncle. But now we can start showing him like, don't get me wrong. Speed is great. I think one of the best action movies ever, but like deeper stuff as well. Mm -hmm. So like, I really want him to come out here and at, at this age or 17, like 
when you're starting to really grow up and feel things for the certain time, uh, certain things at this moment. Uh, and I'm not sure exactly what I would, what I would show him. I think he's probably more mature than most kids his age. And so I don't know. It's, it's very exciting. Let me tell you about this Russian movie. (laughs) (laughs) Hayden, are you in the mood to laugh? (laughs) (laughs) Well, thoughtfully laugh. Maybe sort of sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Very funny. (laughs) The music. Uh, That was my little, my youngest sister is so into music. And I remember when she got old enough that I could bring over, this is spinal tap and show her and and like, Oh, she gets it. Like it's, it's fun. Yeah. I did make the mistake of, um, like, if you haven't watched 16 Candles in a while, mm. then you're like, oh, some of that's horrifying. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. And I remember, like, popping that or, like, I think my dad even was like, let's all watch Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And my older sister and I are like, no. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, people remember Spicoli. They don't remember the other stuff. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's, uh, yeah, that's where, where you're like, oh, this was funny in the 80s. And now I see how awful we were. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, I mean, you said 16 yeah. candles, you mentioned Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller, I think is my favorite John Hughes movie. Um, there's been a lot of, uh, uh, film Twitter controversy this week because Criterion announced breakfast club. Yeah, they so did. There's a yeah. lot of big backlash among, I think people maybe my age and younger who are like breakfast club ain't all that. I kind of agree. Where do you guys feel on John Hughes? Where do you, where do you fall on John Hughes? Oh, I mean, that's my favorite John Hughes movie. Cause that, breakfast but, club is? yeah, but in a similar, in a spaghettios kind of way, it was like, it hit me <laughs> right in the teens when I, when it came out and I, yeah, I, or maybe 16 candles, but yeah, I loved it. I remember thinking at the time I was like, this is meaningful. And, <laughs> It's hard to separate that as an adult. Yeah. Uh, Plane trains and automobiles is definitely my favorite. John oh, Hughes. I always, that for, is a really I always fun forget. One. I forget that. Yeah, because yeah. it's not about teenagers, right? Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, Ferris Bueller is pretty great, and yeah, Breakfast Club is is a thing that I think you kind of, I think you sort of grow out of. But at the same time, the idea of it being in the Criterion Collection makes sense because it is so culturally important to an entire generation. And also, like, it, it will, was introduced to me by my parents. Like they said, yeah. you should watch this and the big chill. Um, wow. That's, yeah. Those are two very generational movies yeah. though. Yeah. And also criterion putting out breakfast club will allow them to do another year of putting out like Claude Chabrol movies or whatever, <laughs> yes, you know, true. that's yeah. true. Um, you got, you yeah. got to pay the bills. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought of a relationship test type movie, which I've, I've never actually done an installation of test, but there is a movie where if a person didn't like this movie, you know, more power to them. We're not going to have a lot in common. And that's Heather's. Sure. Oh, uh, Heather's is a movie that I think, uh, largely defined who I was I, like discovering wow. Heather's when I was like in middle school, probably oh, was yeah. like, Oh, there's people who feel this way. Like yeah. th- this, it, it was a really exciting movie and I've seen it many, many times. So if somebody did not care for Heather's, like it's such an important part of you. Do you feel like it would be a referendum on you? That if, like, oh. if they said like, oh, this is too dark. This is too, you know, well, like maybe. I can't relate to this. No, I, I think I'd just be like, uh, maybe before I was in therapy for three years, I might feel sure. that way. <laughs> now I'd just be like, you know what? You and I probably aren't going to see eye to eye. Right. But I was definitely like, yeah, the kind of person in high school who likes Heather's and listens to the cure. Yeah. I think that was, that, was it. that was who I was and who I hung out with in high school. And those yeah. are the type of people that I tend to still be drawn to. Sure. Sure. Deeply broken people. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Heather should be in the Criterion Collection. There we go. There we go. Yeah, there's so many. Mo- like, there's so many. Like, the perfect line reading of, like, 
like, how do you do it? Teenage suicide. Don't do it. Yeah. Like, there's this perfect, like, <laughs> yes, you've got that teenage. Oh, I know yeah. what the message of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one of those movies that it actually just came through the day. One of those movies that I've seen so much that I find myself, I guess, quoting it without even realizing it's just like mm-hmm. part, become part of my lexicon mm-hmm. when I'm like, Perfecto, which is the yeah. Christian Bale's <laughs> thing, uh, multiple times. And I, I think Christian I said Slater's Christian Slater's thing. Yeah. Is what I meant, for a moment, I was like, is Christian yeah. Bale in that movie? And I didn't no, remember Christian Slater's. Yeah. yeah. Um, I literally said it like, while my Natalie and I were like cleaning the kitchen the other day, I was like, Oh, perfecto. And then I was like, Hey, I know what that's from. <laughs> like, I surprised yeah. myself. Um, well, uh, we've been going almost an hour, but, um, what, uh, so we talked about the, the video store and all the fun stuff there and your favorite movies. Um, but I haven't talked to you in 10 years. What have been some of your favorite movies recently or in the past 10 years since you've, <laughs> since I've moved, to since LA. you've moved to Los Angeles. Oh my God. Um, I think I, I, I'm going to think of 30 in the car right now. I'm like, David, uh-huh. <laughs> Tyler, wait, I have to come back. Yeah. You're always welcome back. Okay. Thank you. Um, uh, Ex Machina, I oh, yeah. really loved, and it's that was great. that was great, and it was like so great that like the lights went up and we all like looked at each other like, <laughs> oh, oh, I love that, pretty great. Um, ten years, well, I actually still lived in Chicago. I think when um, Memento came out, I think yeah. that was right before it. Yeah, yeah, because that, that was fun. I like, I love that one just because people like just came, just charging out of the theater and were in angry groups on the sidewalk hmm. yelling and like. I don't always like that. Um, what's the? I don't. Uh, I'm going to think of thirty on my way home. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess I was just wondering if there are any that sort of have been defining or definitive uh, movie experiences since you since you moved here. Does it? This is, here's a, a question, and it's one that I have to. Everyone I know that I knew back in Missouri or Denver or Chicago that reg- including myself who regularly like weigh in on movies in a public forum upon moving to Los Angeles, I have noticed that the tone changes that they are less dismissive because chances are they probably know a bunch of people in yeah. production. Do you find uh, it doesn't mean you like everything? Certainly mm-hmm. not. But, uh, I do find myself, uh, in reviews I write, I tend to be less, delighted uh when i'm being uh angry oh, yeah. uh, or or dismissive and i try to see i try to cut the filmmaker and certainly the actors as much slack as i can um have you found for yourself that that has been the case or do you oh, just feel like oh screw everyone absolutely no because it is you know because it's not it's not this thing anymore it's that you like i remember uh, my dad moved out here when i was in grade school and coming and seeing movies with him mm-hmm. and i remember the first time because he stays for all the credits. He's mm-hmm. the, he used to teach film. He's huge, yeah. huge movie lover. And the first time we were out here, and like a like a, a gaffer credit went by, and someone clapped. Yeah, for the oh, friend, yeah. and I was like, oh wow, that really is. Uh, and there's actually one of the best things that I loved out here. Uh, I went to a screening of Creature of the Black Lagoon, I think at the Egyptian, mm-hmm. and the the woman was there, and it's a. It's a terrible movie, but <laughs> she, you know, gave her all in it. And the audience was so conscious of the fact that she was there. And it, there was none of the like sarcastic clapping. Yeah. It was like, you're in the room and you made a movie and here is genuine applause breaks. Yeah. And that was really fun of like, yeah, not pity. Just like you made a movie. This yeah. is awesome. You well, made a movie this- that we are watching yeah. so many decades later. Yeah. The- 
this is the, I think we've because we've complained about that yeah. sort of uh, ironic sarcastic laughter at old movies we just need to tell the audience that so and so from the movie is here whether they are or not yeah. just to keep people from doing that because it is so annoying when people are trying to like what's the level though of which like if you said the best boy is here they'd be like who cares right no yeah, yeah I guess it'd have to case yeah. by case basis although it is like if you've seen God I saw the room and people are it depends on the crowd. Like I've seen crowds where they're, they all they can think of is like, she's fat or something like that. Dumb. But like, there's sometimes your crowd where like, God, the DP is getting it. Like it's, uh-huh. yeah, it's, it's angry specific. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. If somebody watches the room is like, Oh, she's fat. It's like, that's what you're latching on to in this horrible film. Right. You're not, you're they're, not they're latching on to yeah. the pocket that gets bigger and smaller. And bigger and smaller. <laughs> um, my favorite uh, only in LA story that I've, I've told uh, on this podcast many times, but I love sharing it is I, I went to also at the Egyptian. I went to a triple feature of hammer horror movies. Um, and Joe Dante like happened to like, he was just attending and he was like, Oh, the, you guys don't have anyone like introducing the movies. And so before every each movie, Joe Dante stood, oh just God. like stood up and like told the audience like some stuff about the movie. And then we watched it. It was That's so great. cool. That's awesome. There was, there's a story about Christopher Reeve that I have no idea if it's true, but I love it where he was at some hometown, like, church basement screening of Superman or something like that and kind of quietly in the back and the sound goes out so he did the dialogue for a reel which is like that's, that's kind awesome. of sweet yeah um, his okay. Margot Kidder wasn't that great no, no. I think the, the biggest change like there's that where you're very conscious of like no matter what you might be wanting to trash someone wrote it directed it did the costume but like the, the big change was like when I first moved here and you're going through traffic and you see things setting up and you're like, oh, that's a movie premiere. Or, oh my God, they're filming right here. Yeah. And now you're like, yeah. oh, oh I got to go around. Uh, yeah. They're filming on my block. Yeah. There is, there's a restaurant right by me called country folks. And if you step inside, you feel, you will feel like you just stepped into the Midwest or the South. <laughs> and one of the reasons they keep it that way is because they shoot in there all the time. <laughs> And like it, three weeks ago, they were shooting in there and this is a pretty small street. <laughs> so it is just a mess. It's just a mess to drive along. And then like, and security guards like kind of give you the stink eye as you drive by, like you're trying to catch a glimpse of something. It's like, I live here. Yeah. I'm not trying to be an asshole. In fact, you're an <laughs> asshole. What do you think of that? <laughs> but at the same time, it's kind of neat, you know, when you, when I'm watching like the office or weeds and it's like, Hey, that's country folks. How exciting. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. Um, I think my like my first second night here because I was staying before I even had a uh, a place I was staying with a friend in in Hollywood and we walked we were like let's go to the Chinese theater and there was a premiere I was like oh this is so exciting and I remember the only reason I even remember this movie exists is because I happened to go to the or be standing there by the red carpet it was I want to say it was called Just Like Heaven it was with John John Heater Napoleon Dynamite I think oh, and yeah. Reese Witherspoon I think he's dead I think he's like a ghost oh wow. <laughs> Do you remember, remember this movie? Well, no. I stood by there by the red carpet and didn't see any famous people. <laughs> uh, but then like a, a week uh, or two weeks later, I was back at Hollywood and Highland working as a PA. And I looked across the street to the El Capitan where they were having the premiere of Flight Plan. And Jodie mm-hmm. Foster was there. And Jodie Foster was my first like real in-person celebrity sighting yeah, uh, that's a good in, one. in Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was Tim Meadows. Oh, that's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. It's not quite as exciting as two-time Oscar winner Jodie Foster, but um, 
my second one, I'm not going to say who it was, but it was like a much more like not, you know, happenstance. It was like I was at a party that she was at and she was mm. walking around with a bottle of wine and drinking directly from the bottle. <laughs> um, that was a fun time. Um, anyway, uh, the one other thing I was speaking of Los Angeles, something I, uh, I always said before is that like, cause I had never, before I moved here, I'd never even been here. Um, and so it's funny how like, which movies I'd seen that set that were set in Los Angeles that actually like, it's like, Oh, it actually feels like that. Whereas like, it's not cause it's not, it doesn't feel like heat here and it doesn't feel like pretty woman. Yeah. It's more like Jackie Brown. Like, like yeah. it's all like sort of, that one does feel like LA. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like buildings are one or two stories tall and kind of a yeah. lot of long nondescript mm-hmm. blocks and, uh, it's dry and there's palm trees, but the palm trees aren't, you know, like they're not special. There's just palm trees everywhere. There, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if you have anything like that about what movie, but you said you had been here a lot as a kid. Yes. I came in and yeah, actually that was fun. I think we saw, I know we did saw the man with one red shoe with my dad, with Tom Hanks. <laughs> and I lived in the DC area at the time. And the man with one red shoe is set in DC, but they are constantly running into one building and coming into the interior of another building. And so, (laughs) and then there's like, there's at least one scene with palm trees and we're like, no, (laughs) a a big give up because people try to use, or it used to before downtown here was revitalized. People would use LA's downtown to be anything. Oh yeah. yeah. But the dead giveaway is that the uh, street signs are blue. Like there are so few cities in the country that have like where the, the name of the street is in, oh, yeah. is a, it's usually like a green sign or something like that. All right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So whenever I'm watching a movie and I see like, uh, oh, this is supposed to be New York or whatever, but it's like that blue sign says exposition. <laughs> this is definitely Los Angeles. Now it's odd that like LA is so production based. Do you think they'd be like, okay, look, we, we want shooting to be here. So let's turn <laughs> these signs green. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's one of my favorite LA phenomenons was uh, when you drive around, especially Burbank, for some reason, and you see how many screenwriters have taken character names from street signs. Mm. It's <laughs> just like, oh yay! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I do. I, I'm, I'm glad for our uh, well, I'm, uh, mixed feelings for our revitalized, aka gentrified downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do miss that there. It used to be like there's a series of movies where it's like, well, downtown, like people like urban downtown Los Angeles isn't what most people were experiencing. So let's just use this as a set for just a sort of nondescript hellish city. Yeah. Yeah. So like seven is a big one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, uh, what's the, uh, Constantine. Have you ever saw the oh, yeah. movie? Still haven't. Um, and then there's a movie that I know Tyler and I both love. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, uh before he was famous, Bradley Cooper vehicle called the midnight meat train. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a horror movie based on a classic. Parker short short story. Oh man, it's um, kind of great. Where yeah. Bradley Cooper plays a is he like a photojournalist or something? Something like that. Where yes. he discovers like a certain like subway train every night that goes to hell. And Vinnie Jones is like a guy who's killing people on the train and ferreting their bodies to the demons, uh, ferreting their bodies to the demons at the other end of this train line to hell. Such a cool movie. Nice. Yeah, that. it's very, that's very. Cl- you know what? Now that you describe it, of course I knew this already. But it was like. Yeah, that's pretty Clive Barker. That, you <laughs> yeah. couldn't really get more Clive Barker that's than that. Clever. Yeah, uh, Constantine is my favorite casting of Tilda Swinton, which is oh saying yeah, a lot. That's, that's my best use of her ever. This came up on Twitter the other day because it's also yeah, I agree. Um, 
uh, I've used uh, Tilda Swinton as Gabriel as like an avatar on various like social <laughs> media sites before. Um, and I also think it's my favorite Peter Stormare performance when he shows up as Satan at oh. the end when he's, um, and apparently yeah. this was his costume choice. Apparently they initially had him in a very sort of ornate satanic type thing. And he was like, no, it should be simple. And he's wearing a, pure white suit and for some reason dripping tar from his feet oh, oh i had forgotten that it's so cool That's i funny. still haven't seen constantine it got such bad reviews i own it because blockbuster like just got rid of a bunch of copies we didn't even <laughs> yeah. sell them we just got rid of them and i was like oh, i'll just i'll just take one yeah. uh, and i still haven't seen it it's been you know 12 years but you've liked francis lawrence movies i since. have like there's no reason i shouldn't yeah see Const- this thing. constantine is an underrated we actually had a uh, a listener uh, on Facebook, I wish I could remember his name or her name, I think it was him, um, suggested a topic for us to do on the podcast, which is good movies that are bad adaptations. Ooh. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. Constantine, like, the complaint is if you're a fan of, like, the Hellblazer, is that what it is? Yeah. The, the comic series, that it's a bad adaptation of that, but it's a good movie on its own. I the guess Shining. <laughs> the Shining is yeah. the yeah the number one example. I mean, LA Confidential is not a very good adaptation. No, that's Oh, um, but I guess it depends on what, how we're defining a bad adaptation. Like there's no affair in jaws to bring jaws up again. Um, it's like apocalypse. Now weird, is a, apocalypse. A now is a terrible adaptation. <laughs> uh, Heart of darkness. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I, to go back to your, the Tom Cruise, Jamie Foxx movie. Collateral. Uh, collateral. Collateral. Yeah. Uh, captures Koreatown like that. Mm. I had just moved here when that came out and moved to Koreatown. And I was yeah. like that. It's funny that, cause that movie I had already, I think what, I was still in Chicago when that came out, but I think I'd already like decided or was leaning towards mm-hmm. moving to Los Angeles. And I remember watching it with my then girlfriend who had been out here a bunch of times and latching onto, I was like, why are the subway stations like cathedrals? Why are they so big? And she was like, yeah, that's what it's like that's, there. Yeah. And that's, and now I'm used to it. When I visit New York or Chicago and I go down and like the yeah. platform is just like narrow, little platform yeah. in like a hallway that has trains rushing past it. It's like, uh, it, that's what's weird now, but it is weird that we make, yeah. Cathedrals seems, out of our, it seems very uh, Los so Angeles to be like, we have trains too. <laughs> Look, yeah. oh, someone took time. The one with the, the film reels all over. Hollywood like, and Vine, Hollywood yeah. Vine. I love it that someone took that time. And the, the North Hollywood one by me has like murals of like North Hollywood, like, history or like businesses that are no longer in like the, the Pete's dining car or Sitton's uh, oh, diner. Yeah. Like it's, it is cool, but it's just weird that it's so big. I have, uh, I've mentioned on the show before that lately I've been driving for Lyft to bring in a little bit of extra money, uh, usually between 11 PM and 4 AM. And I wind up in Koreatown a lot. And I will say just in general, like when I'm just driving, waiting for a ride to show up. And sometimes it's several minutes cause it's late at night. Um, and I'll just be driving around like downtown or really anywhere. And suddenly <laughs> it's like collateral is the most accurate <laughs> Los Angeles movie because it seems so sparse, but it's because it's happening late at night. Yeah. Um, town now reminds me of like, do you remember the scene? This is late in the Sopranos where there's the guy who leaves little Italy on, he's on his cell phone and he walks like the scene is just him on his cell, cell phone in little Italy. And then like he's, st- when he gets on the phone, he looks around and he's like in Chinatown. Cause mm-hmm. I don't know if you know, New York, which I've visited, like little Italy is like like a block at this point, completely surrounded by Chinatown Hmm. and Koreatown is kind of like, I feel like it's expanding all the time. Like in terms of, in terms of how how far out like Korean signage is, it's like, I guess, I guess this is Koreatown now too. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It must be the biggest neighborhood. Uh, it definitely seems like, yeah. Yeah. And definitely, uh, it's, 
it's different. Like when I first moved here, like you could still to Koreatown, you could still hear street racing sometimes, which is um. kind of like just dangerous enough. <laughs> like, don't want it much more dangerous, but that like, but serious drag racing, like just no. in a residential neighborhood. <laughs> Well, All right. I think we've given people uh, lots of reasons to come visit Los Angeles. Absolutely. And to know which movies, Collateral, Jackie Brown, uh, look like Los Angeles. Um, so this has been a fun uh, a fun time. I've loved catching up. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it. we have more Nationwide Video stories uh, to tell on future appearances. <laughs> um, I'm glad we kept that light. Cause yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could have been more of them. Yeah. It could have been an entire hour. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll tell one more story. Um, when we got uh, uh, shoplifted from, <laughs> there were two guys who came in together, and one of them clearly shoplifted. Just grabbed it and walked walk, walked right out. And uh, coworker um, Dustin, uh, Dustin Dustin Miller, I think. I think um, yeah. yeah, he chased the guy out. So now it's just me and the other guy in the store, and the other guy is like, "Yeah, get him!" and like. Then like he and, he and so then I go to try and chase him out and then I like realize that I'm the only person in the store and I can't leave and I go ah god damn it and so what I what happened was Dustin like flagged down a cop and caught then they caught the guy and they had to go to court and so Dustin and Megan the boss mm-hmm. uh, told me they played the security video in court and people laughed when they <laughs> when they saw me go like hey wait ah oh, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you learn about like that was my first real retail job like i had had customer service before but like shoplifters are not good at it like (laughs) you can't always catch them or you can but like you always knew when someone was yeah like i knew you took something i just can't find the spot on video or i know yeah i really like this uh charlie brown works (laughs) in a video store quality uh rats all right um well thank you for thank you for having me this has been lovely um and real quick listeners you can find us as you know at battleshippretension.com that's where all of our commentaries and premium content is all the the fantasy awards league and of course all of our movie reviews and articles and tyler's uh semi you know more or less daily uh uh editor brief editorials i don't know sometimes they're not so brief either yeah um <laughs> that's that's at battleshipretention.com you can email us david at battleshipretention.com if you have questions for our uh video mailbag segment ask bp uh tyler at, at battleshipretention.com is where you get a where you get a hold of tyler i'm on twitter at davy pretension tyler's on twitter at tyler pretension mm-hmm. uh real quick tyler even the podcast is called more than one lesson that's correct anything and, interesting uh, going on in there right now we're in the uh, in the midst of Halloween time, so we talk about horror movies all month. And so this week we talk about Don't Breathe. Oh, which I'm a big fan of. Yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of most of it, and then it gets like unnecessarily nasty. And we like, talk about that. We're yeah. kind of having a fun time here. Why did I have to? <laughs> did you see it? I haven't yet, but I have many a horror movie. I'm like, we were doing so well. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, all right. That, I okay. think that part. Well, never mind. Never mind. You yeah. can hear about it. Yeah, on, you can talk about it on that. Where can people find you on the internet? Um, you can find me at Allie Davis, Allie underscore Davis, uh, Allie spelled like Ali, A-L-I. That was a lot of explaining <laughs> on my Twitter handle. Um, you can find my book about working at the video store on Audible. There we go. There you um, go. If you search for True Porn Clerk Stories or Allie Davis on Audible, you can. Yeah. Just go to Google me. and type in True Porn Clerk Stories. I'm sure nothing untoward will come up. <laughs> yeah. And if you, if you forget the full title, just type in porn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'll probably be the first, <laughs> the first result. It'll probably the first thing. Yeah. yeah. There's not a lot on the internet. <laughs> Incidentally, sorry, this is a weird thing to go out on, but like the movie Fire proof i talk a lot about christian film on my other podcast and in general the movie fireproof not good but uh there's a moment where um 
because about this husband and wife and their their marriage is kind of falling apart. And so there comes a moment where she walks in and he is at the computer and he's clearly looking at, you know, porn. Um, but I remember her, she later on, they're having an argument about it. And she's like, you know, and you're just watching trash on the internet. And I remember being like, and at one point she says trash. I think she says garbage. I don't remember. Um, but I remember being like, why didn't she just say porn? It's like, is she afraid? Like, are the filmmakers so afraid of, of influencing people negatively that they won't even have the word porn in their film wow. for fear that like some kid will be like, what is this porn? <laughs> I'm going to search for it. <laughs> Which I think is maybe a bit naive. Sorry. Anyway, that was, that's a good note to go on. Th- Allie, thank you again for being here. So thank much you. fun. Thank you both. This is fun. Thank you at home for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 